You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome in. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM. ESPN New York. Whole bunch to get to. A whole bunch on the agenda today. And of course, you know the deal. One hour to run through it all. The number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. You can uh, follow me on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. The March. I don't know if March is the right word. Towards 5,000 followers is, is, is gaining some steam. It's not a lot of steam. I'm not going to allow you to believe something that's not true. But that march towards finally 5,000 followers uh, is uh, picking up some steam. Like if you were to cut open a um, pizza roll. You know the little pizza rolls that you put in the toaster oven? You can't put them in the microwave. They're, they're terrible in the microwave. But if you put them in the toaster oven and then you cut them open and they're like, I think the same temperature as lava, one single pizza roll, same amount of steam as the march towards 5,000 followers on Twitter. But you can do so there. That is where the daily poll question is up, and it's running for today, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But we have a lot to get to today. The NBA ranking list that ESPN has come up with, despite the fact that they they just did this like a couple of years ago. And despite the fact that they did this just a couple of years ago, guys who haven't played in 30 years, oh, this guy's up, this guy's down. So we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, also, we've been talking about the baseball and all the different possible rule changes. And the universal DH got approved. And really, if you think about it, that might help the Mets more than any other team in baseball, of course, assuming there is a season. Uh, we also have maybe the greatest example, or at least the latest greatest example of how Michael Jordan was. No, he was not a great leader. He was not a great teammate. And if you were to list all the things, of, uh, examples of how he was not a great leader or a great teammate, uh, this latest entry, I think, would be even higher up on a list. A list, mind you, that has punching your teammate in the face on it. But And Joe Judge was on Golik and Wingo yesterday, so we have some thoughts on that. But let's start with the headlines. And the headlines are, A, number one, the NFL extending its virtual offseason through the end of the month. Memo set to all 32 teams. League announced that it's extending the period for virtual offseason workout programs through and including May 29th. So that's not really that unexpected. The update includes the extension of rules set forth in the collective bargaining agreement to allow for virtual interaction in place of on-site field work. Now, Joe Judge was on, as I said, Golick and Wingo yesterday, and he's really kind of in the, the most unique situation and probably the most difficult situation. So he was asked, what's it like having these mini camps and OTAs on indefinite pause? I wouldn't say it's on a pause. We're working on it virtually with the team. We have made a lot of progress with them. Like I'm very pleased with the way the players are coming to work every day. And in terms of, you say, getting to know them, we've had a lot of opportunities to get to know these guys. Now it's just through a one-by-one box on a screen as we're talking to each other. You'd much rather be in person, put your hands on them, you know, and have that interaction. But, you know, look, what we're allowed to use right now, we're making the most of it. The players are making the most of it. We're making a lot of progress. All right, so there's Joe Judge, Golik and Wingo. He was also asked, uh, how are the virtual workouts going? In terms of the meetings themselves, it's very similar to probably what everyone's doing, virtual school, virtual work, you know, checking with the home office. We're meeting with these guys every day. We get two hours with the vets. We get extended time with the rookies. We're putting the rookies through, you know, the rookie development program, through player development, trying to expose them all parts of the, of the uh, organization. With the vets, we've been working now for several weeks. 
and going forward and just working through our installs like we would if we're in the building. You know, in some ways it allows you to slow it down a little bit and talk a little bit, you know, with a little more patience. We've taken more time with some of the installs to make sure we're on the same page. One thing we have to understand is that, you know, look, this is a little different in terms of we don't get to install and then go on the field and go through some of the things we just talked about. And everyone learns, you know, in different ways. So we have to make sure we're hitting everybody. You know, there's like some guys are going to learn a lot more through walkthroughs and on the field work than they are from the classroom. So, you know, right now, we just got to make sure we present as much of a base knowledge of what we're trying to put in. So when they get to training camp, they got an opportunity, you know, to play fast. But overall, it's been good. I think, you know, we've got through the first week or so, and everyone kind of feeling each other out personality-wise. The players kind of, you know, putting their toe in the water a little bit in terms of how much they can kind of open up. And really since then, it's, it's been great. You know, the best part of the day is when you click on those Zoom meetings and you hear all the players with the screens unmuted and they can just talk trash to each other and, we're waiting for the time to hit for the meetings to start. And you know, these guys are all cutting up and you know catching up with each other as well. And that's been, you know, for a new coaching staff, that's been great to see some personalities start to emerge. All right. I've said it before, uh, and I think it's pretty clear. Everybody has to be in agreement on this. First-year head coaches in the NFL, if there is going to be a season this year, which it certainly seems like there will be, first-year head coaches are going to be in a very, very difficult position. Uh, uh, clearly an additional burden to just an established NFL head coach. And I think Judge probably has the toughest mission. I mean, between him and Kevin Stefanski, guys who have never been NFL head coaches before, and Judge, I don't know if Stefanski, I think he's also in the same, has never been a head coach anywhere before. So you're not only the first-year head coach, you're a first-time head coach, and a first-time head coach in the NFL, and for Judge, taking over a team that by all objective measures has been the worst team in the NFL over the last three years. Now, clearly, he's not going to make excuses, and at least publicly he's handling the right way. Nobody would make excuses. Nobody would say, yeah, this is this has been a real burden on me. No, nobody would do that. But the facts are the facts. So how he handles this, it's going to be very, very difficult. And a lot of these things are just completely out of his control. So he was also asked about spending more time with the rookies. He's actually been able to do that through these virtual workouts. We're really trying to go through the same process we use with the vets. The advantage the rookies this year have a little bit is it's a new system for everybody, vets and rookies. So they're not years behind somebody else they're, you know, playing with competing against. Uh, so as far as they're going, you know, we're taking a little bit slower pace, but we have extra time with them to make sure that they're understanding everything completely. We don't ever assume anybody knows anything coming in. You know, whatever language they're using or whatever college they're in is going to be different than what we use. Uh, the schemes are different in the NFL. The concepts are different. There's much greater emphasis on the people in the NFL in terms of, you know, the coaches, the players, who does what and how people are used. So we're trying to teach them just that aspect of the NFL first before we jump too far into just the scheme part of it. All right, so before the draft, Judge actually, with the pandemic you know, going on, he actually made four different color-coded calendars for the different possibilities of the offseason. The first one was if all things went perfectly. Obviously, that one is already history. And just to give you an idea of what he has to deal with, not just the regular part of the job, but now this added part of the job that he has to deal with, he was asked, "Are you going to? Has there been plans in place for training camp in a different location because of the pandemic?" 
we're waiting on the league for some guidance, but you know, in the meantime, like we're, we're really just trying to map out some contingency plans. Like in a perfect world, we'd love to be at our facility or training camp with the fans there watching. The players can walk off after practice, and their families and their kids are sitting there waiting. They can, you know, see them for a little bit before we get back into meetings. You know, hopefully that's what we're going to be walking into. If not, we'll be prepared. So, at this point right now, we're, we're looking into really a number of facilities around the country. We'd like to stay, you know, close and local if possible. But the reality is, if we're not in our facility, it's probably a result of something in the state and local not being available for us to use. So. You know, once the league kind of gives us a thumbs up or a green light in either direction to go, we're going to go full speed with that. But our ops department right now is, you know, these guys are putting together more plans than you can imagine, and we're talking on a daily basis, making sure we're all on the same page. Yeah, I mean, think about that. Think about having to, the possibility of not being able to hold training camp at your facility, and now you have to go find another facility where that might possibly be able to take place. I can't imagine. I, I know there's a lot of colleges, but I, I, they would not be up to snuff for what an NFL team would need and whether or not they would be available to be used. So I know that uh, for Joe Judge, as I said, I think it's just an incredibly difficult task that he is facing in a first year as a head coach. is always a difficult task for a guy who has never been a head coach before. This added burden, I think, is uh, is a lot, is a lot to deal with. And I have no idea what kind of coach he will be. Uh, I will say this. From just being able to listen to him, I, it does seem like he has—he's much more detail-oriented than Pat Shermer, and feels like he has much more leadership qualities than Pat Shermer. Now, I'm a big believer—you know—I've I, I, said this a thousand times. I don't believe about winning the press conference. That there's plenty of people who win the press conference, and that's the only thing they win. And maybe it's just because the impression that he gives is the impression of what you think a football coach should sound like. But I do think that given what he is facing, he does seem much more detail-oriented than Pat Shermer. There was a lot of times where Pat Shermer would be conducting an interview like this, and it would kind of you, – you wouldn't feel the level of confidence that you do listening to Joe Judge. It feels like even though – the the list of things that he has to deal with is uh, is extensive. It does feel like he has a a good handle on things and does not seem overwhelmed by it in any way. Uh, okay, so that's the first headline of the day. Second headline is, and this one actually happened on Tuesday, and we didn't get to it yesterday. But in a virtual town hall, NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman says he has not even considered canceling this season. Now, we've not really focused much on the NHL because they're kind of in the same boat as the NBA. And I'll be honest, I'm more of an NBA fan than NHL. But it's hard to, and and I guess this kind of ties into over the last few days, Woj's report that there is more optimism than there had been of the completion of the NBA season. I still find it hard to envision how that will be able to be carried out given where they are in the schedule, and without it impacting next season, the NHL has the added obstacle of the ice conditions. So I don't know if Gary Bettman uh, touched on, didn't seem like he touched on the possibility of like bubble cities or bubble locations for the NHL to carry out the playoffs. I I don't even think they would be able to do that uh, given the ice situation and given the weather situation. The idea that he has not even considered the cancellation of the season Maybe he doesn't have to do that right now. I would think that at some point he has considered it. It feels like that is uh, not necessarily true. Not necessarily true at all. 
All right, so those are the two headlines for the day. The other thing that I wanted to get into, and we'll get into it coming up, Michael Kay on his show yesterday talked to some people, unnamed people, but still, uh, the, the situation regarding baseball for this season. And it ties into our poll question, which is up for today. It's on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. And it is, uh, very simply put, if baseball, if MLB this season does get canceled, if there is no season whatsoever, do you believe that it will be because of the money issues between the players and owners? Is money going to be the thing that break the straw that breaks the camel's back? Or it just we're going with the option of if it's canceled, do you believe it's because of the global pandemic and all the issues around there? Or do you think it'll be because the negotiations between the players and the owners just break down? So that's the poll question. It's up on Twitter. It's at Gordon Dammer. Coming up, we'll let you hear what Michael is hearing from people within the game, and we'll answer the poll question. We've got a lot of other stuff to do today, moment of inspiration, uh, the universal DH rule. Is there a team that that benefits more than the Mets? Yeah, there's been a lot of articles recently about if sports does come back, if baseball comes back, you'd have to assume like baseball would be the next one. Or if the NBA comes back, like how will TV networks handle it? Will they pump in crowd noise to make it feel like a regular game, the idea of virtual fans has been flow. I don't know what that means. The only thing I can I can kind of envision in my mind is like they, what they had at the draft. Remember during the draft, and uh, Roger Goodell was in his man cave, and he turned to the screen, and it would be those virtual fans. If that's what they're planning, I'm good. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Any time that you are using. Coming up with some sort of virtual thing. I think I'm good anyway. It always lets you know what they, what, what leagues think of actual fans, considering the fans that it's never the, the reasonable person who's just kind of sitting in the, I get it. You're not going to show that person in football. It's always the guy who's in Buffalo in December who's not wearing a shirt. I, I don't need, I don't need, I don't need that guy then. I certainly don't need that guy during uh, what we're going through right now. So I don't know what virtual fans actually means, but I don't. I think I'm done with the word virtual. I think I'm done with that altogether. It's the Gordon Damer Show. It's 98.7 FM ESPN New York. So we gave you the headlines there in the opening segment, and not really anything with baseball moving closer towards an agreement with the players. Now they did approve the universal DH, but all those all all the rule changes for this year are are not really any real focus. Like nobody really cares about those things. And the universal DH, you would have to say if they do play this year, the universal DH would probably help the Mets more than than just about anybody. Because especially if Yoannis is healthy, which I don't know if that's going to be the case or not. But you'd think, right, like their outfield on a, on a pretty regular basis would be for if, if let's take Yoannis out of the mix for the for the time being. They got five guys that they'd like to get playing time for the four spots, and there's no way without the DH to get them really anything right. Like if Marisnik is going to be the starting center fielder. You'd have to assume that Nimmo is left, Conforto is right, and Marisnik is in center. But then you still got to mix in J.D. Davis, and you'd like to mix in Dom Smith. So with the D.H., all of a sudden, J.D. Davis, who really can't field his position anyway, he's the perfect guy 
to put in that that DH spot, and and I guess you'd, you'd mix in you know Dom Smith there somewhat, and then if Yoenis is healthy, given the the leg issues that he's had, he would absolutely be a prime candidate for the DH spot. That would be perfect for him. Then you could rest him more times than not, and not have. I mean, if he is healthy to start the year, if he has to play a, a position, a defensive position, that would uh, not be ideal. This would be ideal. So I think. I haven't gone through all the different teams. I know people have been mentioning the Cubs would benefit more than anybody. I, I got to feel like the Mets, they would be able to get – J.D. Davis can clearly hit. It's just a – I mean, it's, he really is not a third baseman. He's really not a left fielder. And this all of a sudden opens up. The, it it kind of clears some of the logjam that the Mets have had based on the Cano deal, right? Like if you had not made the Cano deal – that kind of would have opened up that spot because then you could have put uh, McNeil at second base rather than having to move him to third. That kind of put you in a bit of a of a position that is not ideal, although you hope that Cano is going to hit better than he did uh, last year. But the universal DH would be a, a godsend for the Mets. And now that's a, a, a done deal. Uh, now, what's not a done deal is Major League Baseball having a season just based on the things that they can control. And There's been a lot of talk about whether or not the financial aspects will get worked out. Here's Michael Kay on the aptly named Michael Kay show yesterday about what he's hearing from people inside the game. All right, so here's the positive stuff I've heard in baseball. Talking to people, let's put it this way, high up in the know. The protocols regarding the health situation, uh, the testing, the keeping everybody healthy, what they would do if somebody tested, all of that essentially has been agreed upon. They're all on the same page. There's some tweaking that has to go on, but that part is done, essentially. They don't think that that's going to be the tripping off point at this point, unless something happens around the country that they're not uh, anticipating happening. So that's number one. Number two. Now it becomes an issue of deciding on the payments and the money. And this person says both sides want to play. There aren't owners that don't want to play. There essentially aren't players that don't want to play. They want to play. You can't say that coming to an agreement on the money is a slam dunk because there's going to be some difficult things to get over. And there are some people on the player's side that are entrenched in certain things, and there's some people on the owner's side that are entrenched on certain things. But this person essentially said, I would quantify it this way. I'm more optimistic that we will be playing than pessimistic. All right, so there's Michael Kay yesterday talking about the people that he has spoken to within the game, and that kind of ties into the poll question for today, which is, do you think the biggest stumbling block is going to be the money? Or do you think it's going to just be the situation of the world? And at least so far, very early on, you can vote on the poll question. It's up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. It's been overwhelming that most people think that the money will be an issue and will be the, the stumbling block. for If there is not a baseball season, that's why that there won't be. Maybe it's my delusional optimism, which I, I don't generally get the, the tag of being an optimist. But I just find it very hard to believe, given the PR nightmare, that that would be, that money will be the issue. I get it that out of all the leagues, and I brought this up before, out of all the leagues working together to get a deal, if you had to rank them, I would rank baseball probably last. Football, the players don't have a whole lot of say. The NBA players and owners seem to have a better relationship than any other league. Baseball, it is more contentious. The owners 
are, it seems like, always, and, and, and doing it here as well, doing something uh, sneaky is not the right word, but they have ulterior motives, and there's not a lot of trust between the two sides. And for the players, I completely get it. I completely get it. And the baseball players have the added advantage of actually having some power, probably more powerful than any other sports union. But I have a hard time believing that given the opportunity, given the fact that it seems like most players, and I get that, would want to play even given the situation, even knowing the details. Most guys are are young guys, and they, they probably don't think that the given situation really applies to them all that much. They've defied the odds the, their entire lives. And they probably think that the, the rules don't really, you know, the health rules don't really apply to them and, and won't impact them. So maybe it's not the, the smartest decision, but I can understand, given the financial aspects as well and the, the considerable financial advantages they have, why they would want to play the season. So with the owners wanting to play the season and the players wanting to play the season, I get that there's a huge level of distrust and there's huge issues that have to be worked out. And when the players in baseball say that this is a non-starter, I don't think that it's just a negotiating ploy. But I think that baseball has to realize, especially given that 94 is not that long ago. I know it is long ago in, in terms of years, but it's not that long ago to know what they had to, you know, there are still people within the game who were it within the game back then. Maybe not, uh, clearly not the players, but owners, people within the union. Rob Manfred, I'm sure, was probably within baseball back in 94. To know this would be such a black eye. To not be, they, that both sides do have to give. They just have to. It would be just too much. Now, if you're telling me that baseball doesn't get played this year, I, I still kind of go back. I'm always within the range of, you know, 52-48, one way or the other. And it's based on the information that I get that day. I, I swing back and forth a little bit each day about whether or not there will be a baseball season. I just have a hard time believing that with everything on the table, the fact that they could have the stage all to themselves, that there won't be a baseball season based on the financials. So while everyone is saying, yeah, money will be the issue, I just, I can't be that, I'm hoping for the best, and I I get, again, I am expecting the worst, but the reason why I'm expecting the worst, if I had to put it right now, and if I had a vote, I would say no, it will not be the money. Cooler heads, smarter heads, have to be able to prevail in this situation, especially after given 94, and that this would look worse. I think that this would be a bigger black eye for baseball than even canceling a World Series in 94. That was bad, and I never thought that it would get that bad again. But if they were to not have a season this year, especially given the optimism surrounding the NBA, I mean, baseball, if baseball came out, and said, you know what, we've tried to negotiate with the players, and for whatever reason, it's not going to work out. There would be all day, every day. And rightfully so. But could you imagine if that happened and the NBA did return? The NBA returning and baseball not being able to get its stuff together to have a season? 
the amount of ridicule, I don't know if they'd ever recover. I really don't. You would have to get a, a boatload of steroids. <laughs> Juice up the players. Let's hit some home runs, guys. That would be – it's hard to imagine a scenario that would be worse than that. Although baseball already did have a team cheat its way to a World Series and never punish them in any way. So maybe not. Maybe maybe I'm just being overly optimistic again. Maybe baseball has something even worse up its sleeve than not being able to get on the same page financially and to not have a season given that it's, it's like fallen into their lap. It's like you discovered plutonium by accident. The words of George Costanza. This global pandemic, given the timing, if you can have a season – it would be a boom for Major League Baseball to be able to get out there and have the stage all to themselves. So I find it hard to believe that the financials will get in the way. So if you can vote on the poll question, it's up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, we got Moment of Inspiration, which we've uh, taken a little uh, liberties with today. It's inspirational for me to see somebody have the guts to have the cojones to come out and say publicly what this person did. I'm on board with them. And even if I weren't in agreement, I got to respect the game. So we'll get to that coming up. Plus, we got to get to this uh, list of the top 74 players of all time in the NBA, compiled by ESPN. And sometimes, you know, I'm not a big list person. I love, you know what I do love? My new favorite thing is uh, the K-Show, the Don's Top 5. I love Don's top five. I love sit, trying to guess the top five. That's a fantastic segment. I wish that's one of those segments I wish I thought of. But sometimes I'm not a big list guy. But I have to assume sometimes if when I make a list and I I get through it, and then I look back and say, wait a second, this is sometimes if you're making a list and you see something so glaring, I think you have to go back and say, you know what, whatever whatever way I came up with making this list. I can't, I can't rely on, I have to change the methodology of coming up with the list. And the one of the 74 players, not that you're going to agree with the 74 top players of all time, but when you have certain things come up, you have to say to yourself, you know what? We got to tweak the way we came up with this list. So we'll give you a couple examples of that coming up. I mean, when I was a kid, I watched like, the, the, the Marvel films. I, I mean, I'm 31. I, I don't really watch like yeah. I used to. But I didn't know that people watch like that. So when we go watch the, the movie, he's like, oh, now Iron Man, Spider Man was like my favorite guys growing up. So he's like, the whole time, oh my God. He's loud in the movie theater. So when we get out, I, I'm tweeting, we're talking. We play this game where like I, I interview him after everything. So he has a football game, I interview him. You know, he talks his trash. Yeah, they uh-huh. couldn't stop me today. LaShawn McCoy's song's too good. You got to hear him. This kid is crazy, right? So I'm interviewing him about this. <laughs> and, and we talked back and forth, and then I tweeted it, just having fun. But I didn't know, like, the, the, the reaction of the people. I didn't know that. If I knew that, I would have never tweeted that. I, I didn't know that people um, really uh-huh. got into them, them, them cartoons like that. So and I apologize. <laughs> it was terrible. That's cartoons. That is LaShawn McCoy courtesy of uh, Good Morning Football on NFL Network, talking about his decision. I get, was it last summer? Was it two years ago now? Whatever Endgame came out. And I, I guess most people have seen uh, the, the Marvel Endgame by now. Avengers. Is it Avengers Endgame? I can't yes. remember. 
Who who remembers these things? But he had tweeted out a, a I'm not going to say what the spoiler was, but he tweeted out a major spoiler. Although I think most people have seen it by now. You should. Yeah, I mean, you should have seen it by now. I mean, it's okay. It's 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 entertaining. It passes the time. Spoiler alert. But he tweeted out a major spoiler about a major character's death. And people obviously, especially the, the, the comic book weirdos, were not happy about that at all. I mean, I was ticked off this morning that the post completely ruined the finale of Survivor last night. I, I, I'm a big Survivor fan. It's the perfect show. It's a perfect treadmill show. You don't really have to hear what's being said. There's competitions that are going on, which kind of makes you run a little faster on the treadmill when you're doing it. It's the perfect treadmill show. So, uh, and, and, and the post tweets out this morning, Hey, this person wants survivor. Dude, it's four o'clock in the morning. Most people who are looking at Twitter at this point did not stay up last night to watch TV. Can you say, Hey, the survivor winner was decided last night. Click on this if you want to know who it is. No, not the New York Post. Thanks. So, but Shady McCoy spoiled Endgame, which was the, I think the conclusion, what were there? How many uh, Avenger movies are? I think there's 65 Avenger movies. <laughs> there's a lot. So they were building up to the end of the 65 Avenger movies. <laughs> and uh, he he got in some extra shade there by saying he didn't realize that people got into cartoons like that. And the, and the hosts of Good Morning Football are all snickering because he said cartoons. It's it's com it's it's based on comic books. It's cartoons. It's the same thing. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. And even if he were wrong, I have to ex- I have to respect the 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 salt that he threw in the wo- in, in the wound there by saying it was cartoons. So good for Shady McCoy. Stick to your guns. And if you're going to spoil something, don't back up on it later. You know what you're doing. You knew what you were doing. All right, so it's the Gordon Damer Show. It's 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Our poll question, which is up for today on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, is about uh, the uh, baseball negotiations. No real developments yesterday, and, and at least in terms of what the important aspects of what's being negotiated, and that's the money. It's all well and good to talk about the, the health aspects, and that is important. I'm not saying it's not important. You have to work out the details and all the, the different protocols that are going to need to be followed day in and day out. But the real stumbling block in the negotiations is money. That's the number. If you had to say the top three things, it would all be money. So our poll question, which is up for today on Twitter at Gordon Damer, is uh, do you th- if the baseball season does not take place, do you think it gets canceled because of money, that that will be the reason why, or do you think it will be basically because of the global pandemic that's going on and you just can't safely get people out onto the field? Uh, I think that if there's not a baseball season, it will be something to along those lines, that they just can't keep everyone healthy given – the amount of people that are going to have to be involved from top to bottom in Major League Baseball. To me, that's going to be the, the bigger issue rather than the money. I have to believe that that's the smart people, and there are smart people on both sides, and I don't think there are bad people on either side. But I think that at the end of the day, they have to be able to put the money issues aside and realize that – I don't know what they're going to make this year, 50% or 60% of what they ordinarily that, – that that's better than 100% of nothing. All right, so that's the one thing. We have not gone into this list of the uh, top 74 players of all time. I certainly want to hear from you, one 800 
919 ESPN. So ESPN comes out with this list, experts, unnamed, came up with this list of the top 74 players of all time. Perfect time for it to come up because for whatever reason, it feels like basketball players, debates, just lends itself to argument better than other sports. Like, we don't ever really have a an argument about who the best baseball player is of all time. If it's in our lifetime, it's clearly steroids-addled Barry Bonds. We don't really have, I guess quarterbacks we do kind of, but not nearly as much as the NBA. And I guess it's because all five guys are playing at the same time. But ESPN came out with this list of the top 74 because of the 74 seasons of the NBA. And anytime you come up with a list, there's going to be disagreement. I think that obviously number one is uh, Jordan. I think that that stands up. But just to give you a rundown of their top eight, let's break it down to the top eight first. They have Jordan 1, LeBron 2, Kareem 3, Russell 4, Magic 5, Wilt 6, Bird 7, Duncan 8. Now, I think you could probably play with those eight, but I think that those top eight are the top eight. So for me, I would probably have Kareem 2 and LeBron probably 3. Russell, it's tough because it's so long ago and the league was so so much smaller and the level of competition was so much smaller. But okay, those eight guys, I think, in some way, you're going to have. The big issue I think a lot of people have is that Kobe Bryant came in ninth. Shaq was tenth. So that's their top ten. And I think that if anybody has any issues with the top ten, it's going to be either associated with Kobe being ninth or a Shaq being 10th. I don't think, and, and th- I'm not going to have, it's not outrage that I have, although a lot of people had outrage. How can Kobe be ninth? How can this be? Well, I think it'd it be because there are eight players that are better. And I don't know what methodology they were using. Is it resume? Is it career stats? Is it a combination of all? To me, if you're coming up with a list like this, what I am saying how I am arguing it and how I'm coming up with the positions for each player. It's if there were a, a draft tomorrow and you could take any player from any era and have them perform as they would in their era in some thought experiment, who would be the guy you'd pick? So I think it's very clear that number one would be Jordan. I don't think that that's really all that uh, controversial at all. Would LeBron be two? I don't know that he'd necessarily be two, but I think he's in that mix. I think he's ahead of the Birds and Duncans. I don't know that he's necessarily ahead of Kareem, but that's how I would come up with the list. If I could draft tomorrow, I think somebody was doing this in baseball, like some fantasy, was it Roto World? Somebody was doing this, all the players of all time. And uh, I would have a hard time believing that you wouldn't just, if you had the choice, just have a team of Barry Bonds. You just have Barry Bonds playing. I would have Barry Bonds playing third base. I'd have no problem with it as long as I'm getting the offensive production for Barry Bonds. So for Kobe Ninth, I actually have to be honest with you. If you had a draft of all the players of all time, I don't think that Kobe would be the ninth player that I would take. Now, I I did not see, I'm not old enough to have seen Oscar Robertson. But Oscar Robertson was a, statistically, across the board, was a better player than Kobe. Kobe, at one time, I don't know if it's still true, 
But at one time, Kobe missed more shots than anyone in the history of the NBA. Anyone. He was the epitome, you'd have to say, of, of, uh, of a selfish player. He would shoot in times where he shouldn't shoot. In positions where he should pass the ball, he was more interested in his advancing his own personal stats. And I know it gets left out of the conversation now because of the the, the you know the the sad um, his his death earlier this year. But over the last few years of his career, nobody wanted to play with him. And you also have to take into account if you're talking about the the players of all time. I think you would have to agree that Shaq would have to come before him. Now, I don't like that the top 10 is so heavily dominated with big men. But Shaq, Shaq, he won finals MVP, those three titles with the Lakers, with Kobe. He was the Shaq. Shaq was the finals MVP. One of the years, I think it was 2000, he was averaging 38 a game in the finals. So I, for all the, now I'm not saying that Kobe would be 27th. I think maybe 11th or 12th. But 9th, I don't think is, I know people were outraged. How could Kobe be 9th? It's just because they're Kobe fans. I don't think it's an outrage to say he was the 9th player. If you want to talk about (laughs) outrages, now I think he's in the range of, of, you know, 9 to maybe 15, somewhere in that range. I was looking at the list, and the first thing that jumped out to me was not Kobe being ninth. Scottie Pippen was 21st of all time? Scottie Pippen is the 21st best player in NBA history. That seems high. Is there anybody else in the top 25 who was clearly not the alpha dog on their team? That seems high. 21 seems high for Scottie Pippen. Charles Barkley, 23 behind Garnett and Dirk, also seemed uh, a bit strange. Isaiah being 31. Isaiah Thomas. Michael K. had a very funny line yesterday. Who made this list? Michael Jordan? I mean, Isaiah being 31. What is, about number 13? Uh, who was 13? I don't remember. I don't Steph Curry. Know. Steph Curry being 13. Well, look, I mean, Steph Curry's mm. career is not done. He's won two MVPs, right? So, I mean, I don't think it's crazy. To, he's the greatest shooter of greatest all time. Greatest shooter of all time. but Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that, that that carries some weight. If you're the greatest shooter in NBA history, look, I would have less problem putting him ninth than I would having Kobe ninth. Isaiah 31 behind John Stockton? Really? So if you were, if you had in front of you every NBA player in the history of all time and you were having a draft and you had your pick, you would take John Stockton ahead of Isaiah Thomas. And then when I stopped reading, when I saw Giannis was 27th, I said, come on, 27 already. He's been playing for what, seven years? He's already the 27th greatest player in NBA history. I think when you come up with a list, and you, you get done and you, you do all the work. And I get it. I'm sure there was a lot of work that went into it. But when you get done and Giannis is the 27th player on the list, I think you have to crumple up the list and say, you know what? We screwed something up. Let's start over. 
I, I just think that that's you can't. Giannis is already better, is already a better player than Isaiah. And I don't even like Isaiah. I hated Isaiah as a player, but you have to give credit where credit's due. You can keep him off the dream team. You can't put him 31st. That's outrageous. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Marlon is in Brooklyn. Marlon, what's going on, my man? Good morning, Gordon. How are you? I'm a, I'm a truck driver from Brooklyn. On behalf of my coworkers, God bless you. Could somebody please bring back Florida man? You know what, Marlon? I was thinking about bringing back headlines this week and, and the return of Florida Man. I will I will promise you this. Next Wednesday, yep. that's generally when we do headlines, Florida Man will return. He has been gone for a very long time. We will bring back Florida Man for you next week. Gordon, Gordon, I'm pretty much sure right now Florida Man is, is, is getting arrested and refusing to wear his face mask. Oh, look, Marlon, if you listen to Florida Man often enough, you realize not wearing a face mask is the least of Florida Man's problems. God, I could come up with any story right now, given the state of the world, and say it's Florida Man, and it would not seem outrageous. <laughs> yep, Florida Man is busy right about now. Yeah, don't worry. All right, so we'll bring back Florida Man next week. How's that sound? All right? All right, Marlon's gone. In case you're just getting up, just getting rolling. On this uh, Thursday morning, we have been uh, discussing, in terms of the headlines, how the NBA still seems like things are moving in the right direction for their return. We talked about Joe Judge, who was the guest of uh, Golick and Wingo yesterday. And I have to be honest, I have no idea what kind of coach Joe Judge will end up being. But after listening to him, you know, several times now, I do feel like... He is far more detail-oriented than Pat Shermer. Just the things you read and listening to him speak. He certainly gives you the impression much more uh, of what you think a, co- a football coach should be like, right? He definitely has that part of it down. Now, that doesn't mean that he's going to be a good football coach. But if the details matter, it does seem like he is much more detailed. And the uh, Athletic, I think it was, had the story yesterday of before the draft – Given the state of the world, Judge had made four different color-coded calendars for all the different possibilities for the offseason. Now, the first one was if things all went right, if they all went according to what a normal offseason would be. Obviously, that one is already uh, history. That one's already been burned. But he definitely does give you the impression of a a very detail-oriented guy and um, that you would hope that that's going to turn into some success. I do have to admit, though, the first-year head coaches, it seems like if the NFL does play things out as as we expect, the first-year head coaches, I think, are going to just have such an additional burden. Not just first-time head coaches, first-time head coach in the NFL and taking over a team like the Giants, who have been terrible for the last three years. Joe Judge certainly uh, has his hands full. And then the other topic that is tied into the poll question, Michael Kay yesterday on his show, saying that of the people that he has talked to, that they are more optimistic than pessimistic that a baseball season will take place. And our poll question, which is up for today on Twitter at Gordon Damer, is focused on if there is no baseball season this year, which right now is completely up in the air. We're kind of hoping that it will be back. We're hoping that the state of the world in a couple of weeks will be far better than it is right now, and that we just keep taking small steps forward every single day. But if baseball is canceled for this year – Do you believe it will be because of the situation of the world with the the health crisis? 
or do you believe it will be over money? And so far, the overwhelming majority of people, oh, you cynical people, the overwhelming majority believe that it's going to be because of money. 87% think it will be because the money just won't be worked out. Look, I, I'm pretty cynical, but I have to believe, given the state of the world, what we've been through, the economic situation when this thing even before this thing is over, but the economic situation right this moment, never mind what it's going to be like in a couple of weeks, I have to believe that the smarter people in baseball will realize that the 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 disaster that it will be if they do not come to some sort of an agreement. The one other story that I did want to kind of touch on, and it was in, I think it was the Washington Post, Von Miller, the Broncos pass rusher. He was uh, one of the people in football who was actually diagnosed with the coronavirus. I did not know this, but he also suffers from asthma. And he said that it was way past an asthma attack, like my lungs were constricting. He has an asthma nebulizer that he said did help, but it didn't feel like it was supposed to. And that was the most uh, frightening part was going to sleep, knowing that his oxygen level could drop and he'd have to go to the hospital. Now, that did not take place. He did lose his uh, sense of taste and smell, and that impacted his his, uh, his appetite. But for four or five days, said he was he was clearly nervous. And that's a guy, you know, we all think like athletes, well, it won't really affect them. It's just the elderly. Even a guy like Von Miller, who's an unbelievable shape, it's still impacted. Not enough that he had to go to the hospital but still impacted him enough that uh, it, it gave him the scare of his life as well. All right, it's going to do it for today. We're out of time. Please vote on the poll question. We're back tomorrow at 5. Gordon Damer Show out for today. It's 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.